Good morning. Merry Christmas. It's almost that time. How are you doing today? We just welcome you. We're excited that you're here. God's excited you're here because he's here to meet with you. Amen. It's not about us. It's not about our songs. It's about meeting with God. And we just invite you to enter in as we worship him this morning because you can find whatever you need in God's presence. Amen. Let's worship him.
Come on, come on, let's give the Lord Almighty a shout of praise. Come on, He is worthy, He is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to ask you just to be seated just a moment. We are coming to a very, very, uh, very holy moment is what I would call it. Right now in the Lord Jesus Christ, as people have given their lives to Christ, there is a, there's a water baptism, and we're going to have a water baptism, so... Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. We're going to have a water baptism. We've got, um, we've got six people that, this morning that, that, wanna, that have given their life to Christ and just want to follow through with water baptism. Water baptism is really about the, the death and the burial of the old way of life and the resurrection of new life. And I thought, what a special time for these guys to be able to come and, and do this during this Christmas season. As the whole world begins to focus on Christmas, which is about Christ, as the whole world begins to focus on that this time of year, it's a special thing. And I, I know this is a special day and a special moment for them. Some of them have gone through some difficult times in their life. And they've come to a place now today where they're saying, 
not only have I received Jesus, but I want to follow through with the waters of baptism. We do baptism in this church by immersion. And that's Jesus has, was, was immersed in water, totally covered. The word baptismo is, is basically the, the immersion of, of, of the spirit of the living God within you. So I, I want, I'm excited today. In fact, I'm more than just excited today. I'm honored today. Honored to be able to do this. So I'm going to step in here and we're going we're gonna to begin this process this morning. The first one is Bailey Joe. Bailey, you want to come on in? I'm going to have Jess. Can you hold that right there for me? We're just going to, right now, Bailey Joe, we're just honored to have you today. We're excited about what God's doing in your life. And this is a really great moment for you. So right now, we're just going to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know, Carrie has, I think she may share. Are you going to share it all, Carrie? Wow. I don't think I can. Sorry. Uh, I really didn't think I'd ever come to this point in my life where I just um, quit battling with the devil and just really give it up to God. Let him guide me in the right direction. And once I did that, I've been blessed with a, a lot of things, God and Jesus and my friends and family and twins and my three-year-old. Um, I got court on Tuesday and well, not even really scared about it because I already know that, you know, uh, that God has a purpose for me. And if it's to go to prison, then I'll go to prison and be the best prisoner there, <laughs> you know, because you can't keep no chains on me. And I'm just, just blessed that I've, I've been out of drug addiction and everything for 16 months now and um i don't know i'm just i'm just thankful and blessed for all you guys and i don't know what else to say is i love you guys i love all you guys carrie we're honored to be able to come to this point and you know when you give your life to christ corinthians says you become one with him in spirit and I just believe that something happens today when we go through baptism. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to remember the time you were baptized. Can you think back on that time and how special that time was? And as Jesus came out of the water, there was a voice from heaven and said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And did you know that the father identified the son before he did any miracles? So it's not about how good you are. It's about the grace and the goodness of Jesus and the death, burial, and the resurrection. So we baptize you right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Next we have... Kelly Bauer, and I think she wants to share, too. 
I just want to thank Jaquela Byers and Irma Byers. Like, they've been in my life for four years, and I doubted God so much because I've had a very hard life. And Irma has always showed me not to doubt him. Like, you know, just keep going forward. So I'm trying, even being pregnant, like, that's like the best thing that's ever happened to me, so. Wow, can we give the Lord some praise? We just, not only that, that she's with child, and this is a special time. So, Father, right now, we just thank you for the opportunity that you're bringing forth today. I pray for Kelly, and I ask you just to continue to strengthen and bless her life. I thank you that she is a representation of you in all that she does. So, Father, continue to give her strength. And, Kelly, we baptize you right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Next, we have Raymond Eilers. Go, Raymond. Raymond, we are excited to be able to do this. And um, this is a great day for you. I like your shorts. What a tremendous family and what a tremendous blessing that comes down from generation to generation. So, Raymond, right now, we just baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Next, we have Robbie Holt. Robbie, you want to share? Um, I would just like to thank the Lord so much for this time right now. I've been waiting on it, and I've been trying very hard and I want to thank Jerry and everybody all my friends out there and everybody that's been doing it for me and having faith in me um, I just want to live every day for my Lord and Savior thank you. wow today's a new day tell somebody it's a new day so Robbie we just baptize you right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Next, we have Jerry Shiflett. I'm thankful for hot water. <laughs> now, I'm not thankful for everything and everybody. Jerry had, Jerry had sent me an email not too long ago just thanking us for just loving him how many of you know it's not about being perfect to come to christ he does as a fisherman he doesn't clean his fish before he catches them he catches them and then he works on them and i just want you to know that over the past year and a half almost two years now i think that that we've just seen you grow tremendously and we are just very very proud of you and though you may get knocked down, I see you get back up time after time after time again. And Jerry isn't one to take this lightly. He's thought through this thing and thought through it and thought through it. And he's actually experienced the healing manifestation of God, touched his body and healed him. And 
He has a great testimony the one day that he'll, I'm sure he'll share with that. But we are honored today, and we just do today. We baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Can we just stand and just give the Lord some praise? Because it's all about Him. It's all about Him and what He's doing in your lives today. Let's just worship Him today.
I'm gonna change my world. I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change my world.
hear the Lord say don't be frightened don't look with dread upon this new year for I'm telling you I'm going to pour out my favor like you haven't seen it before the earth may be getting darker but don't let that bother you because my people called by my name are going to walk into a place so precious, so pure, and so different even. You're going to think, how could all this good take place at one time? But you see, I'm the author of good. And I'm the author of favor. And it's like I'm going to drop favor on top of your heads, not because you're so religious, not because you prayed today, not because you've done a good deed today, not because you, you are um, wanting to do works for me. I'm going to drop it on your head because you're mine. Just because you're mine. And just like this little child resting in his arms that's where you're gonna be you see I'm gonna cradle you up close to me in this new year and you're going to feel the warmth of my love flowing in you the torch inside of you is my fire it also is my power and anytime you need something you just reach right in here and get it because it's already yours. My favor is going to absolutely overtake you this year. Absolutely over. Some of you are saying, oh yeah, that sounds really good. The Lord wants you to know. This is one of the most serious things I'm serious about. I'm going to bless you because you're mine. Just because. And you're going to be able to step into things as far as knowing what I want from you. It's going to be easy. Aren't you ready for that? Aren't you ready for easy? For it's been hard to hear my voice. It's been hard to know which road to take. It's been hard to make this choice or that choice. It's been hard to do the good thing when you know it's good. I'm telling you, my favor is going to make it easy. It's like raindrops falling on top of your head. And they're going to absorb into you and change you. Because it's something I'm giving you. For this year, when there's, there's so much bad proclaimed, there's so much evil going on, I haven't changed my mind about you. You're mine. Look for my favor. Don't miss a day when you can look and say, I saw God's favor today. It's going to abound. It's going to flow like a waterfall. So get ready. Get ready.
I agree with what the Spirit is saying through Virginia. Because I heard him say, this is a waterfall day that precedes the flood. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if you think I'm sick, I'm sad, well, chances are you are. He says, believe. Today is your waterfall day. It's already appointed, it's decreed, and it's released. This is a year of knowing the goodness of God like a flood in the face of any adversity, of any challenge and test, anything that comes to rob you of God's power and greatness. This is a year of operating in the greatness of God or seeing the glory of God manifested in your sphere of influence, in your realm of authority. So today, I say, let the waterfall begin. I say, don't expect ankle deep. I'm saying jump in because it's decreed it's your day if you will just receive by faith. It's the beginning. It is a place of paradigm shift, moving into the manifestation of the greatness and the goodness of God in your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, this morning I just, I feel like some are saying that, but, but I don't, I don't know that, you know, I've heard that, and, and what, I, what I heard in my spirit was, Father, help my unbelief. And I even said, Lord, help my unbelief. And let it be, you can sit down, let it be like a plug, unplugged, and drain out the unbelief. I wish it was that easy, but like a plug to drain out the unbelief. And then let us be filled with his faith to believe like we've never believed before. To have a waterfall year, a waterfall life of his favor, not because we deserve it, but because we're his. Because we're his. Because of what Jesus did for us, he made us worthy. He enabled us to be able to deserve it. And this morning, as we declare the goodness of God, we declare his goodness in spite of circumstances. Because the darkness in the world that we saw this week didn't change the goodness of God. God is still good. Even though one evil person came in, one that had an evil heart that took the lives of so many and so many innocent children. So this morning, I just want to, I want to pray for the families. I want to lift up our nation. There's a season for grieving. But then we have to let go of that grief and still stand in the goodness of God 
that he is good no matter what. He is good in the middle of a dark place because God's goodness is not based on if our circumstances are good or bad. God's goodness is based on his love. It's totally on his love. It's unshakable. It's immovable. Because God is love. So, Father, we we pray for all the families, all the extended families, all the friends. We pray for our nation, God, as our hearts are totally just grabbed a hold of with sadness for the loss of all these lives. Father, we ask you to comfort this all these families. We ask you to, Lord, Lord, your word says that you work everything out for our good. We know that this wasn't your plan, wasn't your plan, but you promise us in your word that you work out everything for your good. And God, we declare that over our nation. We declare that over the lives and the, of the families that that are grieving so desperately today. Holy Spirit, just be with them. Help them in the middle of all this to encounter your love. God, we just speak an encounter of your love over all the families. And Lord, if they don't know you, that they'll come to know you. That they won't look at you as someone to blame but they'll look at you as someone to run to. Someone to be comforted by. Someone to take refuge in when they can't understand why something terrible like this could happen. Lord, we thank you that you be their strength, their strong tower, their ever-present help in time of trouble. God, we just release your goodness over our nation. We release your goodness over all the families and father we thank you we thank you god for moving in their lives we thank you father for your love and we thank you for your goodness in jesus name pastor shelley i have something as pastor virginia was speaking about um the new year and i heard the spirit of god say don't let 2012 define your 2013 And during practice, God just gave me this song. And it's about us being defined by what God says. And so I just want to sing this over you. Just sit and listen to the words. I'm not defined by the words of man. I'm not defined By my circumstance I'm not defined By the choices I've made I'm not defined By my family's name 
God calls me to be. I am righteous and I have been made free. He calls me perfect. He calls me holy. I am here and will forever be. defined by my hurt and pain I am not defined by what others say I am not defined by the crowns I receive defined by what my eyes can see I am who God calls me to be I am righteous and I have been made free He calls me perfect He calls me holy and I am here I will forever be I think 2012 you know we went through a tornado here in Woodward some of you have gone through some of those things in your lives you may look out you may see the damage and you may see the destruction but I hear the spirit of the Lord saying God saying let's get up and let's build let's rebuild let's rebuild that which was broken let's rebuild that which was fallen down. Let's rebuild that which was burned, that which may have been destroyed. Let's rebuild that. And the first Sunday in January, we're going to have a a prophetic Sunday where we're going to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us for 2013. But 2012 is not over. So finish strong this year. Don't get caught so far looking ahead as looking at today and looking at tomorrow and the upcoming weeks. What's going on today? What's God wanting to shift or change in your life today? What's He wanting to bring into your life today? Because He's not bringing in evil stuff into your life. He's bringing in good stuff. I want to clarify something. God did not do what took place in Connecticut. 
If you want perfect theology, look at Jesus. Do you ever see Jesus causing havoc? Do you ever see him? In fact, he rebuked the storms. He doesn't cause the storms. He, he rebuked the storms. Perfect theology is Jesus. You look at him and in his life, and you see where he redeemed, he set free, he loosed the bonds and the chains of iniquities, he brought forth destiny and plan and purpose in people's lives. That's what Jesus is about. That's why the world doesn't like this time of year, because now everything is focused on Jesus, and they're going to go, well, who's this Jesus that's being focused on? And then we've got to give them that answer to say, not only is our Lord and Savior, He's our King of Kings. And the great thing about it is we shift some things. There is some, a process that we go through, and it's not easy. So if you think Christianity is easy, somebody's giving you the wrong idea. It's difficult, but it's rewarding. Listen, listen. It's very rewarding. What, what are my rewards? Not just eternity in heaven, not just being with God. But it's the shalom of God, which is the wholeness, the peace. How many of you know, I have peace even in what's going on in Connecticut. I had peace in my spirit, even what took place in Woodward in April. I had peace no matter what election is or isn't, no matter who the president is or isn't. Come on, somebody. There's got to be a peace and that's that peace that the Bible says that transcends all understanding. I don't know why I got peace in this situation, but I've got peace because Jesus is with me, walking me through this thing, and he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I don't know about you, but it makes me happy to know that, man, he says he'll never leave you. Your mama may leave you. Your daddy may leave you. Your grandmother may set you on the side and may throw you away in a trash can. But Jesus said, I will never leave you, and I will never seek you. I will never forsake you. I will be there with you all. Always, even to the end of the age. Say, you have destiny. Come on, say, I have destiny. See, it's about our identity and who we are. See, my identity, I could be all wrapped up and being a pastor, that's part of my identity, but that's not who I am. Because the pastorate can come and go. My identity could, identity could be to be this beautiful woman's husband. But are you with me? That could come and go. My identity has got to be in Jesus Christ and who the Word of God says that I am. And then everything else is a byproduct of that. Can I get an amen? See, if, if my identity is being a football player, if my identity is being a baseball player, a basketball player, and everything is wrapped up in that, and then I get an injury, all of a sudden I have what we call an identity crisis. See, I believe that you can be 50 and not go through an identity crisis. God doesn't say, well, I'm allowing for your identity crisis because you're 50 and you need a red sports car or whatever it might be. And, you know, that, that, that's a bunch of hooey because our identity has got to be in him. So when the enemy comes and tries to come against me with my identity, I can say I'm good in my skin. You ever seen the commercials? There's some commercials out there where they do this dove thing and it's a soap commercial. And they said, my name's John Elway and I'm good in my skin. I'm telling you, I'm a son of God and I'm good in my skin. I'm a child of the Most High God, and I'm good in my skin. Amen? Praise the Lord. I just wanted to share, too, about what God does out of destruction to bring about His good. Sean and Jody, Pastor Sean and Jody, got, we, we got them moved yesterday. And it was exact, okay, listen, was exactly to the day, eight months. Exactly. 
Okay, just a minute. It was exactly eight months. And eight is the number of new beginnings. Now, was that coincidence? I don't believe so. Because they were supposed to move in and that by before Thanksgiving. November 15th was supposed to be November 15th. So we we can look that look at that and go wow. So it's it's new beginnings not only for Pastor Sean and Jody, but it's new beginnings for all of us. Amen. Because we're all a body. We're a family. And we're moving forward to, together. And we rejoice with them and their new beginnings as they start out in their, in their new house that eight months ago, the bathroom was the only thing standing. And today they have a brand new, beautiful home. So let's give God praise. We just want to release the children right now. And we just... Just uh, just pray with me as we just bless our kids. Father, I thank you for all of our children this morning. We thank you that they are part of our heritage. They're part of our blessing. They're, they're part of our inherit, inheritance. Lord, we thank you, Father, that they are blessed. We just thank you that the word goes forth into them. And we thank you, Father, that it produces a harvest. We thank you for who they are. They are sons and daughters of yours, God. And I thank you, God, that you use our teachers to speak it to their lives this morning in Jesus name well if you go ahead and just meet and greet right quick and just let everybody go to your neighbors go across the room and just welcome
Lisa, you smoothie, me ice cold pizza, cafe, ole, latte, da. You do the Zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of St. John. It's been like a wake up bomb, cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning. Praise God. Well, if you go ahead and find your seats and welcome that last person that you're next to and God is good all the time. I never want to get tired of saying that, right? It's not just a phrase that we're saying. We are declaring his goodness every time we speak that. Well, I know we don't have everyone in here, but December is a packed month for Living Word Fellowship. We're still, we still got some taking their seats, but we've had Riverside. Everyone say Riverside. And we've had our banquet, our ladies' banquet. And we've had our children's Christmas program. For those that are behind the scenes, that is a big, that's a big deal for all those three things. So I know all the ones that did the children's program are probably back with the kids. But if you help with Riverside, with the Christmas program, with our, the ladies' banquet, would you just stand up? Riverside, banquet, any, any part of it, behind the scenes, up front, whatever you did. Okay, can, can all of you that are sitting just please give them a great big, a great big thank you. Everyone, let's together in unison. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you so much. We definitely could not do it without all of you volunteering and helping um, we just wouldn't be able to do what we're, we're able to do. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, our Defining Relationships, our DVD uh, series that we're doing on Wednesday nights. This Wednesday and the following Wednesday, the tw 19th and the 26th, are go it's going to complete our Defining Relationship. So on the 30th of December, those of you that are part of that on Wednesdays, we want to present you with a certificate. If you at least completed 80% of the of the class, we want to present you with a certificate. So that'll be on the 30th. So we got the 19th, the 26th, and then we'll present the certificates to you on Sunday morning, the 30th. So make sure that you're here and we're excited about um, completing our defining relationships. We've had a great time on Wednesday nights with our defining relationships. So, praise God. All right. So, Pastor Sean and Jody got moved, and then next week we're going to be moving the Burtons. We've got Crystal and Brian moving into the house that Jody and Sean their their house that they let them live in during this time. So they'll be moving into that house. So. We know that many hands make light work, so if, if anybody can help with moving the Burtons on Friday and Saturday, I, I don't know if we've pinpointed the exact time, but just kind of keep that in your brain. I'm sure my, we have less on Friday because of work schedule. So anyway, that's our plan, and they've got a few things that they want to get done this week before they move in, but Crystal's been at, and the kids have been at my parents for seven weeks seven weeks next week so praise God you know what that's what family does isn't it so <laughs> all right I think that's also uh, Jason 
Morning. How's everybody doing? This is a special morning. I really enjoy the uh, water baptisms and uh, the goodness of God. You know, it, it's uh, it's really amazing. You know, to me to see uh, the transformation that happens in the people's lives that you know that God touches and just the encounters they have. You know, Robbie and Jerry and the different ones that were up there, Raymond and, and all of them. I just love that sort of thing. You know, it's 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 amazing to see God do that in people's lives. You know, because I've gotten to know most of them personally and. Just what God can really do when you when you give Him your life is just amazing. So I I just I praise God for being here this morning with y'all, and it's it's a special time this morning. So I uh, wanted to just talk to you a little bit about taking up. You know, we're, we're going to take up tithe and offering, and and just talk a little bit about that. I was trying to think of a scripture I wanted to share, and I I, I couldn't come up with one, but I do want to just share a testimony with you guys real quick before we do that. Uh, in my own personal life, there's a lot of different things I can look back on and see. And uh, the last couple of years, you know, one thing I like to do with my wife is we get towards the end of the year and we just kind of look back and see what God's done. And uh, last year was, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it really, but it's just kind of one of those years that was not great. But, you, you, you know, as a believer in what God's done in my life, I try to look for the good in all of it. And I was talking to my dad yesterday kind of about the last couple of years, and we were talking about giving and, and the different things that God did. And uh, You know, last year was one of the worst business years I've ever had in the 10 years I've been in business. And I began to talk to him about that, and then this year being one of the better years, you know, that I've ever experienced. And just being able to tie myself into God and, and give him, you know, tithes and offering and just tie myself into him and all that inheritance that he has, and all the blessing that he has, and he blesses me from his abundance and his riches, and, and they're just amazing. And trying to reason that out, I'm one of those guys that tries to calculate and think and reason everything out, and that doesn't work real good. You know, <laughs> a scripture that uh, pastor's always trying to get into me is tr lean not on your own understanding and trust in the Lord your God. So I'm trying to get my own understanding out of the way a lot, and uh, but you know I just began to look at that, and I don't know which one's the bigger testimony. I began to think about that yesterday with my dad, and I'm just like, I don't know which is bigger, God walking with me through last year, or God doing what He did this year. You know, so uh, it's just been amazing. Just a couple of things that happened that I would share would would be, uh, I had this. Uh, really big debt that we've been trying to, you know, for five or six years we've been trying to get out of debt, and there was this really big debt that I'd put on the back burner and made a lot of mistakes and, and with and trying to negotiate it out. And I remember at one point a couple of years ago I was negotiating with them, and they had told me a certain amount that they would take. And I was like, that's great. That's a fantastic blessing. I don't know how I'll ever have that amount. It would be great to be able to pay you guys, but I don't, you know. And it was amazing. I was like, man, if I could just pay that. And I kept trying to reason it out how I could do that, and there was no way in my own understanding how to do that. And this year, you know, God had blessed us over and over and over. And, you know, I finally had that amount and was able to pay off that debt. And it's just, you know, it's all about being, you know, amen, praise God. It's all about being tied into him. And I've just begun to get revelation of that and intent of the heart of just giving to the Lord and just loving, being able to give the Lord. And... You know, he helped me pay off that debt that I never thought, could not reason, could not calculate, figure out a way that I was ever going to have that amount of money. And he put it in my hands this year, and now that, that debt's going to be paid off. And no payments made on it. It's just going to be one payment that God put into my hand, and it's amazing. And the other thing that I would say is just, you know, 
another thing that happened this year from last year. Last year, I remember sitting in the, in the sanctuary when the power team, you guys remember the power team that came by and blessed us? Well, I remember sitting there, and I could feel the Holy Spirit pulling it on my heart, and I've got a heart for their kind of ministry, and I could just feel it. And I was like, God, why am I in this position where I can't afford to do what I want to do? And I just began to pray to him, and I was a little distraught about it. I was like, God, if you would just put this amount of money in my hand, I would give it to you. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And I came back a year later, and lo and behold, there's that amount of money sitting there. I'm telling you, I didn't wait two seconds. The check was written out before I could take another breath. And it was just like, so <clears throat> I guess I just wanted to share those testimonies just to tell you that, you know, being tied into God with your finances is just amazing. And just the, the, the encounters that you'll have with God, if you really want encounters with God, uh, you can... I mean, he'll do it for you just like he did it for me. So if there's there's things going on in your life, stay tied into him financially and just with your, you know, just praise him with your everything that you got, your first fruits of everything that you do. And I'm telling you that the encounters that you'll have with God will be something that will blow your mind. So uh, I just want to pray over that. But before I finish, uh, before Pastor Shelley asked me about that, uh, Richard decided to lay another one on me too. Uh, <laughs> We've got the foo-foo basket going on here for uh, the pastors. I just want to say that uh, I couldn't be in a better place, a better church. I love all you people, and I love the pastors and leadership. Uh, you know, we were talking about it last night at our life group party a little bit. I'm just so grateful for the leadership that we have here. It's it's a blessing, and I don't ever want to take it for granted. And I just want to bless them this Christmas. So, if it, you know, if you feel... Like you could, you know, give to that. That we we want to bless our pastors. They're special people. They're unique people. They're uh, one in a million. I've been thinking about them a little bit lately myself because, you know, I look at Pastor Eric, Pastor Shelley, like role models. Pastor Jerry, especially, uh, they're they're role models for me how to do things. But sometimes I catch myself trying to do things that they do, and I realize more and more every day that they're one in a million. They're not cut out of the same mold I am, and they're, they're just so special. And we're blessed in this community to have them. And uh, I know that uh, you guys love them too. And it, so here's an opportunity. Let's just wish them a Merry Christmas and just bless them. And uh, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, God. I thank you. I thank you that we can trust you and that, 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 we, that you're so faithful to us over and over when we're not faithful, God. And we just we thank you for an opportunity to worship you with our tithe and our offering, God. We thank you for pastors and leaders that care so deeply about uh, the people and love us and, and that they care about what God wants to do and they don't have their own agenda in mind. They, they have a heart for God, and that, that's, that's one in a million, God. And we just thank you for that, Lord. We pray that you would bless this offering and just... Uh, use it for advancing the kingdom of God and just blessing our pastors, God. And we just love you today. In your name we pray, amen.
Well, good morning. We're glad you're here. I guess it's Christmas. No, no, you didn't hear me. I said it's Christmas. I'm like, wow. I love this time of year. You know, I was, I was born in upstate New York, and I'm the youngest of five. And um, every year, every year we would decorate our house. And I miss that. Because we would have, as I was a child, we would have, we lived on a main highway and there was, you know, we were in farms and there was not houses real close by, but you could drive by and you'd see our house all lit up and, and a manger scene in the front and Jesus is the reason for Christmas and let's, let's just keep that focus on that. And I think that's the biggest thing is the world tries to put Santa Claus in Jesus' place you can't replace Jesus. <laughs> no matter what they try to put in Jesus' place, it's, it's not going to happen. So um, it's Christmas. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. So um, today I just want to share a little bit about God's grace, his success. We've been talking about that. I want to take a few minutes and sow some things into your life. I want to talk a little bit about that. Then um, then I want to finish up. I want to read the Message Bible. There's... Um, there's just a real scripture in there that's, that's been really been speaking to me. Living Word Fellowship is about a relationship with Christ. It's not about a religion. It's not about what you can't do or what you can do. It's about what Jesus has done for you. And we've got to continue to stay focused on that. So if you'll give me just a few minutes to just kind of sow into your lives and, and we'll take a look at uh, God's success. Because we want success God's way. Did you know that you were designed and destined to reign in life? You're supposed to reign over sickness. You're supposed to reign over disease. You're supposed to reign over sin. You're supposed to reign over depression. We're supposed to rule and reign over any scheme, plot, plan, and purpose that the enemy tries to bring against you. And we can reign. Why? Because of what Jesus has done for us. Why? Because when you become a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, did you know the word, the word Christian wasn't even labeled by Christians by Christians? The word Christian was actually labeled to Christians by a king, Agrippa, that said, oh, those Christians, or you want me to be a Christian? Did you know that the Bible calls people that follow Christ believers? Did you know it calls people followers of the way? What would happen if somebody came up to you and said, Sean, are you a follower of the way? He would know exactly what that person was talking about. Are you a believer? Yes. Are you a follower of Christ? Yes. Are you a Christian? Yes. A follower of the way. And when we come to a place where outside of Christ... We try to bring righteousness in our lives. We are doing it ourselves. The world's way of success can says so that you can be successful with hard work, diligent, and self-effort. God's success says if you use those things, then maybe you don't need me. How many of you know some people are like, ah, I don't need God. I got it myself. I got running water. I got a home. I got money in my bank account. Everything's just good. It's all good. It's not good. No matter how you can say it's good, it's really not good. So I want to do success God's way. 
And, if, and two of the things that we talked about being the foundation, Jesus Christ is the foundation. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus Christ is the foundation. If your foundation isn't on Jesus Christ, then you have a faulty foundation, period. Then there's pillars that we've talked about, and there, there are truths of God. Faith, hope, love, joy, those are all truths. There are certain things that you could say, okay, well, what are they resting on? So that's, um, that's kind of what we're looking at with God's success. And we've been going to talk about the pillars throughout this next year of grace and righteousness. Say grace and righteousness. So a lot of things rest on that. If we can get a true understanding of God's grace in our life. Wow. Wow. Our lives have been shifted and changed probably over the last six to eight years. We are different than who we were 14 years ago when we began to pastor. Because we're getting a, not just an understanding, but a light bulb moment, an aha moment of God's grace in our lives. So grace is God giving to us good things that we don't deserve, right? We talked last week about the difference between grace and mercy. Grace is God giving to us good things. Say good things. Good things that we don't deserve. Meaning salvation. Grace is His favor on our lives. Each and every one of us, whether you realize it, whether you can see it or not, have received God's grace, good things in your life that you could say, well, I didn't deserve or earn it. Can I get an amen? How about a hearty amen? Amen, amen meaning, you know, I agree, so be it, I agree. There were times where I should have been behind bars that I wasn't behind bars. And it was God's grace and favor on my life. There were times where I could have been dead. And I wasn't dead because of God's grace and mercy on our lives. So I want to share with you a couple of scriptures. We'll take a look at them. Let's turn, turn with me at John 1.17. I'm going to pull up the King James Version. Marty, if you'll put that, that up, that would be great. I think we've got it up there. Here we are. The law was given to Moses, but what? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given to Moses, was given, but grace came. Say came. It came through Jesus Christ. It came by Jesus Christ. So let me give you a couple things. I'm not, not sure about your handout, what you got there, but I wanted you to get this because I want... I want you to focus on it. And on your handout this week, I, I put some scripture verses at the bottom just for some independent study. And I want to encourage you to do some independent study. I want to encourage you to read the Bible. But as you read the Bible, we need to learn to read it through God's grace when we read it. Because it was meant to be interpreted through God's grace. Not through the law, but God's grace when we read it. Okay? So it says, the law was given, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. God's grace came via way of Jesus Christ. His unmerited, undeserved favor in our lives. Amen? 
So the other one there is this, it says law demands. The word on your handout I got down there. Law demands righteousness from sinful man. Marty, next slide, please. See if I've got that for you. There you go. The law demands righteousness from sinful man. Under the law, there's a demand. If you do this, then God will make you righteous. If you keep this commandment, God will make you righteous. The commandments were actually a bar that says you really can't, you can't live to those, Nita. They're too high. Anybody ever set a bar? Oh, well, you know, they do pole vaulters and they, and they set the bar or high jumpers and they set the bar. They make it at, at seven feet, three inches, and then they'll move it to seven feet, five inches. What about if they just took the whole guys in the Olympics and said, okay, there's 14 feet. The guys would go, I'll try, but I, I can only do seven, six <laughs> on a good day. It's unattainable. So the law itself demands something from you, okay? It demands from sinful man. Let's look at grace because I want to focus on grace. Grace imparts righteousness to sinful man. It imparts righteousness. It says, I impart righteousness to you, and it's not based on your actions. There is an action that you have to do, and that's come to Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. There is, there is an action that you have to do. Now, that doesn't mean that grace has no demands at all. Because there was grace when, the, when Peter and, and John were in the temple, and there was the beggar out there, and, and, and he, he looked at him, and he was looking at him expecting something. And, and, he, and Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but there was a demand put on this man. Silver and gold I don't have, but... In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. There was a demand put on him to do what? Come on, everybody. There was a demand for him to do what? He had to rise and walk. So it's not that there's no demands at all within, within God's grace. But it imparts righteousness. Righteousness is imparted to you. In other words, I cannot get any more righteous today than I was when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Well, what about if I give away 100 tracts this afternoon? I'll be more righteous. No, you won't. What about if I give all my money to the poor and I live on the street so somebody else can have food and shelter? You're not going to be any more righteous than what Jesus has made you righteous. See, we've got to understand that. In our identity, we've got to understand that. Now, this does not give you the license to just go and do whatever you want to do in unrighteousness. Come on, somebody. But see, what happens is the law demands perfection, and it doesn't lift a finger to help. Grace imparts righteousness or perfection, and grace does everything for man. In other words, Jesus is doing it for me, Stacy. Jesus has done that for me. He's made me righteous. The Bible says... Not by works, lest any man should what? Boast. 
I can't go around going, you know, I did this, I gave to the poor, uh, you know, we helped the tornado victims, I paid for a house myself to be built, or we cleaned up 12 houses, and we, we helped this, you know, carry off these things, and we, we, we gave people new automobiles, or we gave them automobiles, we, we supplied dressers for people, we paid off people's electrical bills, we did, I can't, I, those are all good things, but those things do not make me righteous. Come on, somebody, the only thing that makes me righteous is the blood of Jesus Christ, and what he has done on the cross cross and if i now begin to say this makes me righteous then i erase the cross i don't know about you but i'm not erasing the cross so grace imparts perfection and does everything through man through jesus christ and all we have to do is what believe say believe all we've got to do is believe i've got to believe believe on the lord Jesus Christ. I got to believe in his righteousness. I got to believe in his goodness. I got to believe in his strength and his power. I got to believe that he wants the best for you. I got to believe that he's going to help you through situations and circumstances in your life. Is this doing anything to anybody this morning? Because it's got to be about belief. If it's not about belief, then it comes back to works and it's not about Jesus when it's a works mentality. Can I get an amen? So when the law that demands and the demand is not met, condemnation comes. Let me say that again. When the law demands and the demand is not met, condemnation comes and the enemy says, See, how can you be a Christian? You just got upset with that lady that took the last Elmo doll. A good Christian would have said, here, here's an Elmo doll and I'll pay it for you too. And let me give you some gas money to get you home. So the enemy will come and say, you didn't do all that, so then we're back to works. It's about grace. Say grace. Next slide, Marty. Let's look at this one. The law condemns the best of us. Do you agree with that? If Romans says there is no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Then if I live totally by the law, then the law is going to condemn me no matter how good I am. I, I'll, need a, I'll never obtain that. I'll never do enough. I'll never get enough. I'll never give enough. I'll never do, I'll never obtain it. It's too high for me to obtain. And you know what it says in the New Testament? He says, if you transgress one of these, you got them all. And I'm like, forget that then. I'll go play with the devil. I'm really good at that. Because we don't understand our identity and who we are. So it's easier for us to say, I'll rather go over there and do that where I won't be condemned. But if the Bible says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, then when condemnation comes upon my life, i got to say, wait a minute. It's not God bringing condemnation on my life. It's the enemy bringing condemnation. And I, through God's grace and His righteousness, am now have a foundation, and I say, I can do all things. Because I'm a child of what? The Most High God. You're not a child of the devil. I was a child of the devil before I gave my life to Christ. But guess what? I changed families. 
<laughs> I was like, hey, that family there wasn't working too good for me, you know? So I got in God's family, amen? There's some peace in God's family. There's some joy in God's family. There's some righteousness in God's family. But we've got to have an identity of what God's grace is in our lives. Otherwise, we'll never step up and do what we're called to do. We'll never say, okay, I can do good works. And good works are great. Good works should be a byproduct, a fruit of what my tree is bringing forth. As a Christian, as a believer... I help the poor. As a Christian, as a believer, I speak gently. As a Christian, as a believer, I can still hold my ground. I've had some people say, well, you just, I wasn't mean to the guy, but I held my ground. I can hold my ground as a Christian. Come on, somebody. So we have to understand what what this is. And law condemns the best of us. So what about grace? Say, what about grace? Grace, I'm glad you asked. Grace saves the worst of us. That word that goes in there is saves. So you could be so good, you could be the best thing and not have Jesus and the law will still condemn you. Or you could be the worst, lowly, rotten, dirt bag sinner like I used to be. Oh, come on somebody, you used to be too. But yet, no matter how bad it is, no matter how difficult it is, and that's what we've got to look at society, and we've got to begin to say, wait a minute, God's grace can save you no matter where you're at and what you've done. There is a way out. God has a way. There is a way out. It's time to rise up and come on out of the loader bar. It's time to get out of the mire and the muck. It's time to begin to rise up because God's got a way for you today. Hallelujah. So God's grace saves the worst of us. And I know you're going, okay, well, give me a scripture on that. Romans six fourteen. It says, for sin shall not master over you. For you're not under law, but you are under. I think years ago, all I did was operate under the law. We all have. I think it's one of the ways the enemy tries to get us to quit following Jesus is he puts the law in front of us and say, what about these ten things? I messed up on five of them. Well, the New Testament says if you mess up on one, you messed up them all. And I can go, absolutely, I've messed them up. But I didn't mess up when I gave Jesus my life. Grace is his unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor in my life. So Romans 6:14 it says for sin shall not master over you. You are not under the law but under grace. So you know what the law does? The law demands. Now let me tell you what grace does. Marty next one. Grace supplies. Say I'm under supply. Come on, say I got some supply. I got some supply. I got some supply. And some of you guys that might be plumbers, you, 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 you know that in order for the water to get to the commode, they have this little tube. And it's called a what, Delbert? A supply line. It supplies the water from coming out of the, the floor into the bowl. Come on, somebody. And how many of you went today to... I know we're talking about this in church. And where am I going here, Lord, with this... The point, let's keep our mind on the supply line. The point is this. 
How many of you have looked at the commode and go, geez, I don't know if there's any water in there? You just flush it and go on. Because we believe there is a continuous supply of that water that's coming in there. How many of you went to your sink today and said, you know, I don't know. I'm going to try to turn it on. I don't know if there's anything there. I don't know. You didn't. You just went in and there was water coming out. We've got to understand that God's grace is the same way. He wants to supply some things in your life. So if you've got lack, God wants to bring some supply to you so you don't have lack. If If you're depressed, God wants to bring joy to you. There is a continual flow of God's grace to supply in every need. Anybody got any needs in the house? Yeah, we all got needs. Say, there's a supply. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, there's a supply. Under grace, sin has no power. What? Under grace, sin has no power. If the main characteristic of the law is demand, then the chief characteristic of righteousness and God's grace is what? Supply. He's got a way. I've heard you say that before, Pastor. I heard Jason testify up here. God's got a way is what he's saying. God's got a way. God's got a way no matter what you're going through. There's some supply that's there. The question is, is how do we get into that supply? Every day, say every day, I am under God's grace. I have supply. Well, Pastor, I sure need my supply to come. We'll turn on the spigot. Understand who you are what He's made and designed you to do and to be, and there'll be supply. Supply literally means this, and I think I've got this on your handout. Supply means to fill up as any deficiency happens. (laughs) To fill up. Is it on your handout? Okay. To fill up as any deficiency happens. I call this something called constant flow. Constant flow. Constant flow. There's a constant, oh, come on, somebody. There's a constant flow. There's a constant flow. There's a constant flow of His favor on your life. There's a constant flow of forgiveness on your life. There's a constant flow of God's power. All we got to do is let's get into it and let's begin to walk in it and understand it. And all of a sudden, there's a constant flow. It also means to furnish what is wanted. Anybody want some stuff? (laughs) means to furnish what's wants what what is wanted what is wanted it also means to furnish a sufficiency and i would say that god's grace not only wants to furnish you what is sufficient but according to his word he wants to give you above all that you could ever ask or think but we're afraid of that. You know why? Some of you think you don't deserve it. But God says His grace is sufficient for you. He was telling Paul this, and Paul was dealing with an issue, a demonic issue, and, and he said, look, man, I got you. I got your supply. I got your flow. My grace is sufficient for you. Even in the middle of what you're going through, 
I'm going to be there. Turn with me to Philippians 2.13. Then I want to tell, tell you, get a couple more scriptures and I want to get to this message Bible. Is it okay if I read out of the message Bible today? You know, the prophetic word that came forth was talked about something this morning that um, that it'd be, it reminded me of, of something on Michelle's desk. And she was saying 2013 was... Why? Well, I, I, I'm just struggling. I'm just struggling with my life. God, I need you. I, will you will you show up? <laughs> I need some supply in this area. God, will you help me out? And then all of a sudden you go. <laughs> I love this. This is cool. Staples did a good job getting that thing. I come into Michelle's desk every now and then and go. You know. Why? Because, you know, there is going to be some things, listen, there's going to be some things that are easy. That doesn't mean everything in your life is just going to be, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. I thought maybe it was a feather from an angel. So I don't want to give you false impression that you will never have any difficulty or times of struggle or agitation or pressure because those are that's life. But all of a sudden when we get into that, how you handle it and how you process it, all of a sudden you may look back and go, <laughs> I think we need some new batteries in that thing. We get new batteries for that? Say, that was easy. So you'll be able to get through something and go, man, I don't know how this is going to be. And all of a sudden, you begin to start thinking it's a big old mountain. And then you begin to start seeing God's grace involved in that. And you're like, wow, all of a sudden, His favor's in your life. And then you go through it and you go, well, that was easy. That was a little bit worse than what I thought it was going to be. Philippians 2.13 says this about, about God. It says, for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for your good pleasure. Could we? Is this possible? I don't know. It's possible, but maybe not probable. Could we, this coming year, be more focused on God's supply than on lack in your life? God wants to supply all of our needs according to His what? Riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Say, I got supply. If you're a believer and follower of God, He's not going to cut you off of His supply of His love. I was the youngest of five. I didn't think my mom and dad loved me as much as they loved my brother or my three sisters. We got, we got four kids, six grandkids, and there is just as much love flowing out for each and every one of my children and my grandchildren. Because all of a sudden, I didn't realize that there was an, a well of life, that it would be like, let's go to another zone. I don't know if you guys do some drilling and stuff. I, 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 help me if I'm ignorant on some of you drilling guys. 
you get to another zone and you get to another level and you may find out something there and, and it may not be there. And then all of a sudden you go to another zone and go to another level and all of it's not there. Here's an example. When I was a kid, we used to have this little pump thing. And, and, and my brother and I would run out to the well and, 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 and he'd go, okay, Eric, go. <laughs> and I'd go. How much longer, Jeff? How much longer? He'd say, oh, just keep going. That's my older brother. He said, okay, let me get in there. He'd jump on there, and all of a sudden, guess what? And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, you're not strong enough to do this. And all of a sudden, the water would flow. And there were times where he would pump, and he could even let go of the handle of the pump. And guess what? Water kept flowing. It kept flowing. It kept flowing. It came out of a deeper place that's in there. And I think we've got a well. of uh, a well. The Bible says, out of the innermost being flows rivers of living water. I think if we can just drill through the mire and get through the muck and go to a different zone and come in and say, you know what? God is going to be able to supply my needs. Why? Because i got to go deeper. Come on, somebody. Do you understand this? And all of a sudden, I've got to hit that. And all of a sudden, there's that continual flow. And I know there were times when I was little, and I could jump on that handle, and almost just, it would go down. And then it'd pull back up, and I'd jump up on it, and it'd go down. And there was just a continual flow, continual flow, continual flow, continual flow, continual flow. Jesus always saw the Father's continual flow. Jesus never looked and said, I don't have this. He always looked and said, the Father's supplying. The Father's supplying. I see the Father and He's supplying. I see the Father and He's supplying. He's supplying wisdom. Do you need wisdom today? He's supplying goodness. Do you need goodness today? Grace. I need God's grace in my life. I, I don't even want to go with, through life without His grace. He's supplying those things today. How about in order for us to know that He's supplying it, we need to know Him more intimately. Is that possible? The Pharisees in the Old Testament only knew Him as God. Creator. Elohim. In the New Testament, Jesus came in and said, That's my father. That's daddy. There is a more intimate relationship knowing somebody as daddy than just, Well, there's God, the father. We can continue there, and you can stay there if that's where you're at. But I, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want to move from just knowing about God to knowing Him intimately. To knowing that He's got grace in my life every day. To knowing that there are mercies new in my life every morning. New stuff. I'm not a leftover guy. They're good every now and then. Those of you guys are like, man, I love leftovers. That's great. I think that's wonderful. I had leftover everything in my life. I was the youngest of five. We had hand-me-down jeans. Where'd you get them? They used to be your sisters. I'm like, this is wrong. Say intimacy. Say supply. When we talk about God's grace, I want you to think about 
supply. We talk about God's grace, you think about. We talk about God's grace, you think about supply. God's supplying, God's supplying. Let me, let me share with you. This is out of the Message Bible. Why are we waiting to get to know Him more intimately? Why are we waiting? We had a prophetic word or the scripture was read, read, I think Robert read it, was talked about in Ezekiel where he was, you know, ankle deep and then he went to knee deep and then he just like went to waist deep. Why don't we just jump on in? Look what happens when you jump in. You want to know what happens when you jump in? If you just don't put off. He says right here, he says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we've ever received. Wow. We were also given absolute terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on the world's corrupted by its lust. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Do you hear that? Don't lose a minute on building by what you've been giving. Complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. <laughs> wow! I'm like, this is cool. Each dimension fitting into and developing one another. With these qualities active and growing in your life, let me say that again. With these qualities active and growing in your life, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see right before you, oblivious to your old sinful life that has been wiped off the books. That just sends me chills. I'm like, yeah, that's me, baby. Maybe I'm the only one that needs to go, yeah, that's me, baby. But there's some others in this place that are looking at that and saying, that is me. My old sinful life has been wiped off the books, and it's only because of God's grace, his favor upon my life. It's not because of how good I am or how bad I am. It has been wiped off because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you know why Christmas is so important, because the enemy doesn't want the world to begin to hear that Christ is wiping stuff off the books. He's giving you a clean state slate he's saying you can start over again that is the good news that we got to tell somebody about jesus this christmas season can i get an amen so he goes on and he says so friends confirm god's invitation to you his choice of you don't put it off do it now do this and you will have your life on a firm footing the streets pave the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can we give him some praise this morning? Hallelujah. Don't put it off. Tell somebody. Say, don't put it off. Keep, just don't put it off. Tell them, to, tell them that you need this. Don't, don't you be putting this thing off no, any longer. So how do I forgive in him? How do I get understanding and revelation? It's in him. Outside of him, it doesn't work. Susan, can you come on up? Outside of him, it doesn't work. 
It's in Him we move and breathe and have our being. It's in Him. Say, in Him. So Christ is the reason for this season. We've got the manger scene set up over here. But you know what? I preached last year to talk about baby Jesus that grew up. He grew up. He grew up and He went to the cross. And He shed His blood for us. And He didn't stay on the cross. Can I get an amen? He was death, burial, and the resurrection. And He was resurrected and He was seated at the right hand of the Father. Come on, somebody. And don't you think He wants some good things for you today? I, I believe that Jesus is sitting up there going, hmm, how can I bless my kids today? How can I give them favor today? How can Father, let's, let's give Michelle favor today. Let's, let's, let's just set up a situation for her to walk into and that she will unequivocally know that it wasn't by what she did or somebody else could set up, but it was just true supernatural favor being released upon her life. And she'll look at it and go, oh, how did that happen to me? It must have been God. It must have been my daddy. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, get some favor. Turn to your other neighbor and say, get some favor. Come on, there is some favor. God supplies. He is supplying. So when we talk about God's grace, you're going to talk about His supply. Everybody, supply. His, His favor upon our lives, supplying. Will you guys stand up as we dismiss this morning? You might be here today and you might just say, you know what, I, I watch people get baptized. And maybe you've, maybe you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized before. We're going to set up another baptism because there was a couple today that have given their life to Christ. They've gotten married and, and they want to be baptized and, and called me this morning and said, you know, Pastor, our baby's sick, so we're not going to be there. They may be watching us via Internet. And we want to welcome all of those on the Internet. And if you've joined us even from the Internet, the same favor can be released upon your lives. If you want some favor, just raise your hand to the Lord. Father, I thank you that it's, I'm not the one that releases favor on your life, but you do. And that you just release your goodness upon each person's life today. You see every hand that's raised that says, I need your favor. We receive your favor. You know, God's going to supply. I, I see him beginning to supply. There's some of you that haven't been able to sleep at night. That God says, I'm supplying peace. I'm supplying peace. There's some of you that said, I don't know how to, how to operate on five hours of rest. But God said, I'm going to carry you through. I don't know what's difficult, some things, maybe decisions that you're trying to make. But God said, I'm going to be there to give you wisdom. Will you hear the voice of the Lord? Will you just receive his favor today? You just receive his favor. Just say, I receive your favor, God. Just say, Father, thank you for your favor. Thank you for your favor, Father. Father, I just ask you to bless your people here today. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that today they can come to you and say, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. If there's somebody here today that's, that's looking for a church home and says, you know what, this is where I need to be, that you can say, this is where I want you to be. And this is where I want you to be loved and to love others. If there's somebody here today that may have been, thought you just were too far away from the hand of God, God's saying, come back today. Come back today. If that's you, just begin to just say, God, that's me, and, and pray for me, and I'll just pray for you. I bless you right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that everything that you are just believing the Lord for, that He'll put you into your plan and purpose and destiny. And I just thank you, Father, that you release favor upon your kids' lives today. In Jesus' name.
And everybody said amen. Can we give him a hand clap of, of praise today? Amen. If you're here and you need prayer this morning, we will be more than glad to pray for you. Those that have been baptized, make sure you see them, hug their neck, tell them God bless you, encourage them in the faith. You go forth and encourage one another. God bless you. Have an awesome afternoon today. Amen.